Hey there, you're listening to Permission to Pivot. This is your host, Kayla McCall. I actually had to jump on my phone today and figure out what episode this was, but it's episode seven, excitingly enough. I'm talking to my friend Ashley on our episode today, and she dives into being able to just be in a phase of yes and just openness to opportunities that are around you. Um, she's been in the same career field for over 15 years and decided to make change. And I just love just her ability to talk about how much you can change your mind, I think is one thing, but also um, that you don't have to, I think she says in there, like, just because you choose one door doesn't mean you have to live in that house forever. And I think that's like such a good analogy and such a good reminder that just because you pick one thing doesn't mean that that thing is going to be it forever. And yeah, I just like that she touches on that. She talks about being able to have passions that don't have to become careers. And I love that idea too. I think we get excited about something that we're passionate about or something that we're really good at. And we think, how can I make this my job? And it doesn't always have to be that way. Sometimes your passions can just be for you and your career can just be your career. So I think that's a good reminder as well. So we're going to jump into this one. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Ashley, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited to chat with you today. I feel like I know that you're going through some transitions and I feel like at kind of this stage we are in life, it's always helpful to talk about these things because I feel like it's way more common than any of us know. So I feel like you're going to have a lot of really exciting and insightful things to share just with kind of the changes you've made through your life. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to jump into it with just my icebreaker question that I ask everybody. And it's more of just a curiosity thing for me. Um, I just love to know when you were little and people would ask you, what are you going to be when you grow up? What your like response was. And I know some people it changed over time, but some people are very like convicted with this was what I always said and, and stuff. So I'm curious to know what yours was. Gosh, okay. Well, my first like memory of announcing some sort of career or what I wanted to be when I grew up was a race car driver. (laughs) That's amazing. I was in like early elementary school and, um, you know, family or whatever would ask questions about that. And I would just blurt out something, you know, um, I think I I didn't even ever watch race car driving or anything. I think I just wanted to do something totally out of the box and dangerous. That's amazing. Was it like the shock factor you wanted to give people (laughs) that response? I I was always that kid that like, if everybody was moving in this direction, I was like, well, maybe I'm going to go over here. So (laughs) I I just liked to always kind of rattle the cage a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really fun. Everybody needs that friend, right? That's like, hmm, we should maybe explore this option. (laughs) Yeah. A little, a little bit off, uh, off the beaten path for sure. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, with that being said, when kind of you were younger and growing up and, you know, obviously stating the wild things that you wanted to be when you grew up, did you have like a path as far as like education and school and things like that, that you kind of knew you wanted to go down or were you still always kind of like, I don't know, maybe I'll explore all these other things that are not the the norm. I did not. Um, 
I did not have any kind of a plan and like thinking back about all of that, um, it was not really discussed in my household. My family um, didn't really talk about education. We didn't really talk about future plans. Um, in some ways, the blessing in that is we really existed very like presently. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I don't think that it it really um, lent itself to, a, there was no sort of like preparation along the way to what I was going to do when I eventually um, graduated high school. Um, and so, yeah, I did not have any kind of a plan and I sort of threw it all together a, a little bit last minute. It kind of came together very organically, um, my choices. And I don't think that it was, really, um, I didn't look at it with a big picture. I think I was really kind of putting the pieces together to just kind of start stepping stones for more of short term without really thinking long term, because I had never done that before. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I brought this up in a different episode, talking to someone else about, <clears throat> um, I feel like it's a lot based on our environment because I feel like I was kind of the same way where my, my dad was in a trade and he just did that his whole career pretty much. And it was something that he did because his family members were in a trade and, and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like it's what you get the opportunity to be exposed to. And I feel like, you know, I didn't have parents that like went to college and did these, right. you know, out of the box careers. It was just like, this is just the path we're going to go down. Right. So I feel like it, in some ways it limited my scope of how much opportunity was out there. Cause I feel like I was a little bit like you and I was like, well, I'll just do this for now and then yeah. see where it leads me. Yeah. Similar. Like my, my dad, um, grew up in a family business, um, and not a family business that he desired for us to get into, or that was never really his plan. Um, but it's not something that he like necessarily actively chose to do. He, he literally grew up as like a baby going to work. Yeah. It was just in front of him. So um, he was like, well, this yeah. is what I'm, I'm going to do. And then my mom was like a stay at home mom and housewife. And that was like her dream. And she was living her, her best life. And I think that both of them just never really had to consciously make decisions about their future so much. And um, there was a lot of contentment with where they were. And so I just think that it wasn't in their like mental bandwidth to even guide their kids or think about that. I think that there was a lot of this perception that people just magically and mystically end up exactly where they want to be or that it, you know, the opportunities just present themselves. Um, so I think that it was a little out of their wheelhouse um, and they just, they never had those conversations growing up. Um, my, my dad did attend some college, but never obtained a degree. And my mom took a few classes also, but never obtained a degree. So there was never really a lot of emphasis on the necessity for education, which I can understand and agree with to an extent, but the, the planning is something, mm -hmm. something that I've grown to really appreciate. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing with colleges, because I did, you know, classes at community college and things like that, just here and there. Um, 
but I feel like some of the friends that I have that did go away to like university had so much more presented to them as like, what is an option to do Mm -hmm. with your life? And I, and I feel like, you know, there's a a time and a place for that, like four-year university based on like what you want your career to be. But I feel like if anything, I wish that high schoolers now had more of that opportunity to really be exposed to how many different things are out there for you to do as a career, not like your typical, you know, you go to college for four years for business or you go, you know, like that there's just so many, many things out there that you can do beyond what is just kind of in your family network. Exactly. And I've had the opportunity in in my career to talk to a lot of young people. And one of the the conversations that I have with anybody who will sit down for five minutes and listen to me um, is I really try to demystify this um, sort of toxic conversation about finding your passion. Um, I really don't think that does these young kids any service. I think that they're very confused. They don't know. And then they're sort of scrambling in this uh, quest for their self-worth. What is my passion? Um, And I think that that's just really a process. Also, I just, I try to explain to them, you know, jobs are jobs. You get paid to do them. You, you get paid to show up and do them. Um, so when you're picking a career field, something to do for a job, it's great if you have some sort of an interest. But at some point, no matter how much you loved it, it will turn into a job. It is something that you do for money. And the money that you make from that is what supports the life that you're really living, your passions. Um I've always just classified passions as hobbies. They're things that I do totally for me. I I give my time and I do them, you know, when I want to just for pure pleasure, not for profit. Um, And I think that separating those two things is kind of the beginning of really um, focusing on a path because you could pick up a passion career that eventually will burn you out anyway. Um, but also if it does not pay you enough money (laughs) to live the kind of life that you're visualizing for yourself, can you maintain a a happiness if you're not able to do the other things? All you're able to do is the job that you've picked. So I try to really explain to these young teens, young adults that, you know, there's so many things you can do because you're passionate about them and you do not have to do them for a job. Um, We don't have to monetize every, you know, pleasure, creative outlet. Um, You, you can just have a job. (laughs) It's okay. And then live an amazing life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think too, getting away from the idea that you're just going to pick one thing that you do forever. Mm -hmm. It's like, we, I, then we had the, we have started to move away from that. But again, it's, you know, so important to know that just because this is your job right now, doesn't mean that you just have to commit to that being what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Right. Because that's really daunting. And Mm -hmm. I feel like the college or high school kids that I've talked to the same, they're like, that's terrifying that I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to just 
know what I'm going to do forever. And I'm like, you're not supposed to know. <laughs> right. You but, know? You know, when you're going and you're trying to pick a degree field, if you're picking something incredibly specific, um, it becomes a lot harder to make those changes down the road. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, you've invested a lot of time, a lot of money into one path that you then later discover is not really fulfilling you the way that you had hoped it would. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I have a couple, um, boys that I used to nanny and they're so great. They both went away to college and did all that. And and one of them is done with college and he's still like, I have no idea. And I'm like, you should move away and go move to Hawaii and work at a coffee shop and just like surf for a year or do something. I'm like, you don't need to be 21 and moving into your career. I'm like, I feel like if, if I were to do it again, I would want that pressure taken off of me at that age to know what are you going to do? It's like, I, right. I I feel like finding a career or your, wherever you're going to end up, it's similar to like dating, looking for a, a partner. You think you might know what you want, but really the only thing that you have is a list of things, you know, for sure you don't want. And the more you kind of get out there, work, have experiences, meet people that do all sorts of different things, you kind of start formulating a much bigger list of things you know you're not interested in. And maybe you find some of the things that you are that you never knew that you really were interested in. Yeah. And that those things are actual possibilities of things that you can have and you can do. Um, So with, with that being said, I know you said you kind of did some classes here and there, but you know, I know that you went into hair and you started doing hair. Was that something that you did right after high school? Uh, pretty much. I took a a little bit of a break just because the demand of the, the school schedule for that didn't line up with some other things I had going on right at the moment. But, um, yeah, for the most part, I went to cosmetology school right after, um, high school. Um, and then that, I honestly, I showed up to cosmetology school. I really had no idea that there was a state board, like a state exam. I knew hardly anything about it. I had literally gone and gotten my hair done about six months before graduation and was talking to my hairstylist. And she had mentioned to me that she graduated, went to sign up for classes and was only able to get into all electives. And so she just dropped all her classes. Someone said, go to cosmetology school. She went, she's like, I loved it, made great money, never looked back. And I sort of just went, that sounds good. Perfect. (laughs) I think I'll do that. I was very focused on moving out and being independent. And um, so I really was looking to pick kind of the easiest path to that. But I definitely showed up at cosmetology school. I really had no idea what that career looked like or what was totally involved. I mean, much like I think anybody does when they're arriving at school. Um, So there was a lot to sort of piece together and figure out along the way. Um, But yeah, I I just sort of quickly made that decision and and everything kind of came together for that. And I've done it for 20 years. This is actually my first week of retirement. Friday, last Friday was my last day. So exciting. Um, (laughs) So now I'm in the middle of my pivot. Yep. um, At this point. So 
Yeah. So you, yeah, doing hair for 20 years and how long ago was it that you decided that you needed to do something different, that you were going to need to retire from doing hair and you needed to do something different? So about two years into doing hair, I, I worked at a really incredible salon um, with other stylists in all different stages of their hair career. Um, and so I was able to get a lot of advice. Um, they really mentored me and just really guided me that this was not going to be a career that would take me to retirement or sometimes even anywhere close. You can have injuries, problems, um, and, and be forced out of it. Um, but regardless, there's, there's not a lot of people in their sixties doing hair for a reason. So they were very honest and great with talking to me. I was like 20 years old and they were talking to me about, you know, prepare for your exit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at that time, you know, it's just information. It's just kind of noise. You're what you're thinking about, but you're, you know, 20 years old, that seems so far off. Um, And then probably about 10 years into it, I started to take a couple classes at my community college. I didn't have any degree. So I figured I'll just start working on my associates. So that's kind of where it began. Um, And I just did, you know, one class here and there and And it took a very long time. And now I'm here um, escalating that process and I'm almost done. Um, So it has been a very kind of long road of just sort of preparing. I didn't really have any kind of plan on what I was going to do with it, but I definitely started working towards something, whatever that something was going to be about 10 years ago. I love that you knew 10 years ago that hair wasn't something that you wanted to be doing another 10 or 15 years from now. And instead of waiting until you knew what you wanted to do after hair, you were like, yeah, I'm, I just, I know that I'm going to want to go to college. And so I might as well just start that now and do that where I think a lot of people will be like, well, I'm not going to start classes. Cause I don't know what, what it is I'm going to want to do when that ultimately doesn't really matter. If you know that you just want to have that associate's degree, then there's no reason why you need to wait until you know what that degree is going to go towards. Right. You, you definitely, it's a, it's a long process, especially when you're an adult, you have some kids, you have a whole household. Plus I was working. So I think just the reality that nothing is going to be a like fast, quick process. So instead of um, waiting until I was really under some sort of pressure and having to make a decision. And then you're, you're trying to make choices under some sort of distress. I just was kind of being proactive. There was no pressure. I didn't have to make any changes. So it was really just kind of my way of, of taking a little bit of time and putting it into something that would benefit me at some point down the road, if I wanted to, or needed to, if I didn't fine, I just took, some classes here and there, you know, no, it wasn't really a big deal, but, um, yeah, I just, I knew that I would never be able to just stop life and be a full-time college student for a couple of years in your midlife. I mean, that is a very challenging thing for, 
I can't even think of what the perfect storm scenario would have to be to make that an easy process. So for me, I just knew I was going to have to, to do it very slowly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now here you are, you're almost done, right? Yes. I graduate in uh, December. Yay. Congratulations. (laughs) So during that time of going to school, you did figure out what it is that you want to move into. Um, post hair and what is that? Yes. So, um, I am just really interested in business management and doing like internal systems management. I'm definitely like an efficiency expert after building up my career in multiple States, um, and then working for myself. So running a small business for such a long time, Um, I do really well in a super organized, fast paced environment where you really have to problem solve. So I, um, now I don't know exactly what job that will result in as this all fully comes together, but I've really just discovered that I have a lot of skills in, you know, analytical thinking, problem solving, um, customer relations management that uh, could be extremely valuable outside of my my industry. But so many of the skill sets just translate over into all kinds of different industries. But I, I love to see kind of where there's inefficiencies and problems. And I'm a very, you know, problem solution oriented person. So I love to be able to fix things. And I realized that I'm going to have to be at a high enough level of management to be able to implement the change because I cannot just sit in the problems when I know that there's a way to fix them. Yeah. Yeah. And you're somebody that's super open to opportunities that like present themselves. I know when we've talked before, it's like, there's so many different opportunities that just kind of pop up for you. And you're someone that's always like ready to explore those, which I very much admire. Are any of those things, things that are coming into fruition? Are those things that you, you know, want to talk about as part of your pivot journey? Sure. I mean, um, So obviously I'm working on finishing my degree. My plan was to kind of go into corporate. Um, But in the meantime, I have been talking about just some creative projects um, that kind of came about randomly. My sister and I are um, starting this pop-up tea party um, event. And that, again, just sort of developed out of looking for a place to go to, couldn't find something and thought we can do this. Um, And then found a great location that loved our vision and wanted to to host our event. So that's going to be coming up in the next month. Um, Where that goes, I don't know, but we're, we're just moving forward and, and seeing, you know, what comes of that. Um, And then I'm simultaneously thinking about opening my own business um, looking into some different opportunities, um, possibly opening a franchise and using my, you know, operations management skills to run my own business. Um, so I'm kind of got a lot of irons in the fire at this point, and I'm just sort of working all angles and I'll see where, 
my energy sort of ends up um, as things come together. I, I feel at this point, like I can kind of do it all. Yeah. More, you can do all control, the things. Yeah. The more control that I have over my life and my schedule, the, the more opportunities I can have, I can have all my creative outlets and really I'm implementing my efficiency skills, um, trying to create processes that can be duplicated. So you're not, you put a lot of energy into growing an idea and a concept, but once you have it there, it's just copy paste. You just duplicate. You don't have to do all of that work over and over again. Um, and then, you know, my leadership management skills, I'm at a point where, um, delegation is is key as well so I don't feel like I personally have to have the hand on everything I'm able now to recognize where my um, skills are maybe not as strong and finding people who are great at that and putting them in charge or whatever so um yeah, I don't, I, you know, we'll see if I can get this little tea business, my creativity and all of that going. And if I end up opening the franchise, eventually that'll be kind of a, a sort of just back end oversight management position. And then I can still pursue um, my corporate ventures if that's where I want to put my energy and focus. Yeah. Yeah. Having multiple what have you talked about multiple streams of income, multiple places where things are happening without you physically having to be there, I think is kind of the way that a lot of people are moving their lifestyles, which I think is just so smart. Yes. And coming out of a, an industry where I have physically had to be there to do my job. Mm -hmm. And that is probably one of the biggest sort of pivot realities for me is I don't want to physically be the job. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be managing. I want to use my mental energy and capacity to make something much bigger beyond just myself. And um, I don't want to have to physically be there every single day. I am the business. I am the job. Um, that's a lot of weight to carry. Um, and that was probably for me, the, the bigger part of reality. And this isn't really what I want to continue doing mm -hmm. when I go on a vacation, my work is shut down. Yeah. Um, so, and there's not really a way around that. I mean, you could own a salon, but then you're managing a business. And then is that the business I want to be managing? Mm -hmm. I love being a hairstylist for my position behind the chair and the creative outlet, but I didn't really want to be in the beauty industry as a, as a business owner. Um, that wasn't really intriguing. I would rather be in a different type of, of business. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, exploring other stuff give you, gave you that opportunity to determine that where I feel like sometimes when you're in a career, you get pigeonholed, right? So I could imagine that a lot of, you know, hairstylists or people in the beauty industry, that's kind of the next steps, right? Like if you're not going to do hair forever. Well, then are you going to open a place? Are you going to manage a bunch of other people doing hair? And so for you to be able to go, well, if that was going to be the the next step for me, well, why couldn't it just be managing any business? 
Right. Why, why would it have to be just this one? Um, and so I think that, yeah, being able to explore beyond that is super important. And, you know, I think that giving ourselves the opportunity and the permission to explore all of those things, I think, um, is life-changing. And I think it doesn't matter at like what age you decide to do those things. It's just a matter of if you make the leap to do it. Definitely. I, I, you know, I get to talk to a lot of people in a lot of different types of careers and there's a generalized dissatisfaction that (laughs) everybody gets to at a certain point. And, Lots of people feel obligations to stay. Either they spend a lot of, like I had said before, time and money to get to where they are, um, or their life just is so dependent upon that particular job and they don't even know how to make a change. Um, And like I was saying before that, you know, to just all of a sudden try to be like, no, I'm not going to do this. Now I'm going to have to put all this time into a new career. It's very difficult to just sort of stop everything. I think that the pivot doesn't have to be, it can be like for me, it's a decade. um, And I started not knowing where I was going. And I still right here today don't know fully where I'm going. And that is kind of the joy in pivoting, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not bound to anything. And when you're really open to opportunity and you make the decision that where I am at is not where I want to stay or be in whatever future you envision yourself, I think it's just important to realize like you don't have to be anywhere you don't want to be, but Mm -hmm. it takes action and a conscious decision to say, you know, I am going to want to change the trajectory of this path that I am on, but I'm not sure exactly what to do, but doing something to elevate yourself in some capacity um, outside of your normal routine and life and industry, um, it just kind of starts that process. And then I like to think about what's the worst thing that's going to happen. Yeah. You go back to doing hair or you go back to, you know, whatever it was that your career was, if that's the worst thing that can happen. Exactly. And I mean, I've talked to, to people who are attorneys and not satisfied with their job. And she's like, I just don't feel like I could make a change. And I'm like, what is the worst thing that could possibly happen to you by making a change, making less money? And that changes how your life physically looks. If you ended up from a 3,500 square foot home into a two bedroom apartment with your family, you know, able to like have family dinners every night and attend all of your kids sports and dance and school functions and maybe even not work for a couple years and get to like volunteer in their classroom. Is that the worst thing? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, I guess that's the big, you know, mystifying fear. I won't maintain exactly this life the way I have. And then I said, you know, in that reality of the worst case scenario, are you guys miserable or unable to eat? No, we would be fine in Mm -hmm. some ways happier. Yeah. And if the worst thing that could happen to you is happier, (laughs) that's not that scary of a place to end up, you know? So 
and in between your worst case scenario and you know where you're at right now is just this abundance of opportunity that you're not even aware of is out there because you're not looking for it yet um yeah I like to go to the worst case scenario and then you know whatever that is it's different for everyone but even for myself I looked at my worst case scenario and then I just built little steps from where I'm at now and how do I end up where I want to where I want to be and um you just kind of keep plugging away yeah yeah I feel like I found myself in the last like couple of years asking like random people that I know that have had the same career for a long time. I'm always asking if you were to do it all over again, like start over at 20 or whatever, what would you do? And it's so wild to hear people's responses of how like vastly different they are from what they're doing. And it's just one of my motivations for doing this podcast was because of so many of those responses, not being anywhere near what it is that they're doing. And it just makes me be like, ah, you should be exploring that. You know, I had someone tell me I would be a nurse and I'm like, that is such a thing that you could go do, you know? And so, but they think that it's not, they think mm -hmm. that it's, it would be so hard. It's so impossible. Oh, I can't just drop everything. Well, do you have to drop everything? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe it doesn't take you two or four years to become the nurse. Maybe it takes you six years to become the nurse. Mm Mm-hmm. But six years from now, if you aren't doing any of that, are you content with where you're going to be in six years? And if the answer is no, then why not start doing something? Even if it's little changes, little changes. So much obligation to, I feel, society to kind of pick your path, invest in it, and then stay stuck. And, um, that if you're, you know, wanting to make these changes, you're somehow, um, you know, here I am, I'm going to be 40 in a couple weeks. And it's like, Oh, is this what a midlife crisis is or whatever? And I'm like, I think that you just get to a point where you're like, this has been really great, but what else? Mm -hmm. And, you realize I'm a grown adult. I can do whatever I want to do and I can make all of this stuff happen for myself. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not quick and fast and it's a little bit harder on your day-to-day family structure sometimes, um, I can make those changes. I don't have to do anything I don't want to. And yeah. Um, so I'm like, you know, we, we like to call it things like, oh, it's a midlife crisis as if that's bad. And I just think it's this like transitional phase where you realize, wait a second, I'm like almost halfway through my working life. I've loved what I've done, but what else is out there? Yeah. And you no longer feel burdened by having to just stick with something because your 18 year old self picked a door to walk through. And now that's the house you got to live in forever. No, Mm -hmm. it's not. And we just have to sort of blow up that idea that we are not stuck unless you want to be, but you have to take action. It's not coincidence that people make big moves um, or changes or even small moves. You really have to make a conscious decision to want to do something different. And sometimes it's just 
verbalizing that. And it can be amazing that when you're in a, a yes phase of life, you're open to opportunity to see what kind of comes your way. And then I start thinking, was this always like this? And I just, I had my blinders on. I was so focused on having to do it the way I had always done it, that I wasn't even paying attention or did just me speaking it out into fruition has now brought these opportunities to me. I'm not sure which one (laughs) it is, but it is really amazing when you, um, start exploring what else you might be interested in. I mean, even two years ago, um, when I was more intensely focusing on my schooling, I wasn't even thinking about the things that I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I don't know what I'll be really into six months from now, but again, that's part of the excitement of this process is I don't have any fear that I'm not going to be successful because the success is my mindset and I am making all of these moves and decisions um, and just growing myself and my skill set and my knowledge and meeting people. So failure isn't something that's going to happen. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's a midlife awakening. It's yeah, you, exactly. it's like, we get, you know, we feel, we feel obligated, like you said, to kind of like put our head down and work, do the thing that we said we were going to do and just get it done. But I feel like when you're able to lift your head up and like, look around and realize that there's so much around you. And I think, like you said, as we get older, um, we start to realize, and I think too, as we see like our parents retiring and just those things happening, it's like, oh gosh, you know, where do, where do we want to be when that's happening? And I'm grateful to have that shift in the change in the mindset because, um, it just feels very freeing to be able to know that anything that we want to do, we were able to do, and there is no failure. There is just changing your mind and doing other things and whatever. And and we don't have to feel like we owe anyone an explanation on, you know, why this didn't work or why this is working now or whatever. We just get to kind of follow our path. Right. I mean, you realize as you grow up in your adulthood, you really start to realize there are no rules out here. Mm-hmm. We, we think that there's this way that stuff has to be done. Um, but there, there are no rules, you know, my, I have a, a nephew who's 16. So starting to talk to him about, you know, what's his plan? Is he going to thinking he wants to go to school and he's not sure and not sure that he wants to just continue being a full-time student. And I'm like, well, you don't have to be a full-time student. It could take you six, 10, 20 years if you want to, to get your associate's degree. But I mean, I would recommend until you've really kind of figured out some solid paths to just sort of casually plug away at stuff would be my advice. Mm -hmm. Um, And he didn't really think about the fact that he could, you know, get a full-time job and travel and then just take a couple classes a year. That just doesn't seem like an option because that's not how they present it to kids. Um, But I'm like, there, there are zero rules out here. I'm in school. I could be in the same classes that you're going to be in. No one mm-hmm. cares. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get this done by the time you're 22 or else. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you, you can design your life any way you want to. You don't have to follow the status quo. And 
uh, what we kind of just funnel everybody down this same path. I think it's better to sort of figure out what your interests are and get some different work experience to develop that list of things, you know, you don't want to do. Yeah. Well, they're coin it now. It's that there's the name of your podcast. There's no rules out here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Write it down, create the website. and go. It is so true though. It's, Mm -hmm. it's funny how we really feel these sort of obligations, burdens, and shackles, and um, just really have this whole plan kind of forced upon you. And I think that's what sort of weighs you down. And then you end up, you know, you have a family possibly, and then your kids finally grow to an age where you can start really thinking about yourself again. And at that point, that's when you're in this mid stage of, of life in your work career. And that's when you start going, no, this isn't enough for me, or this isn't what I want to be doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there are well, no rules out here, people. Yeah. Well, I want, yeah, everyone get a post-it, right? There's no rules here and <laughs> put it in front of you, put it in your mirror, wherever you see it all the time. Cause I, I love that so much. Um, yeah, I feel like we're, we're all adults here. We have no rules and we can do whatever it is that we want to do. So I so appreciated talking with you. I feel like it was a ton of fun. I, I'm so excited to see where it is that you end up going. And obviously it can be ever changing. And I just know that you're going to do great things and be such a good example for, you know, your kids and for other people out there that want to continue to make changes. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yes. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Bye. Bye.